Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is part two of our lovely chat with Raven. If you haven't heard part one, head back to the feed, have a listen to that. I'm a chronological fan myself. Call me old-fashioned. And if you have heard part one, here it is. Here's part two, I mean. Not confusing Chris. One of the things that's very funny in the book that you mentioned, which you said you would never speak about again, but here we are, is being on the teat from your mother for, you said four years, and she said 18 months. When I was like 21, I went to a wedding. It was in that era where people were drinking cider in a pint glass full of ice, which was like, there were two summers where all anyone did. I still do that. Was Okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so we were drinking this and my friend was like, my dad was really strict when we were growing up and I was like, it's quite boring. And she was like, we didn't let us have any sweets. That's why I still got all of my baby teeth. And then she opened her mouth and her teeth were all tiny. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh no. And my mom's like said, that's not that weird. I breastfed Raven till he was four in front of everybody. Oh and I was like, God. uh, that's fucked up. And then when she read the first draft of the book, she went, that's not true. Take it out. So in a way, I feel like she just doesn't want it in writing. <laughs> so did you concede well, like and she, agree to 18 months? I agreed to put a footnote saying she has contested the four years. But my MySpace page still says my mum's breastfed me twice four. I have no idea how to change it. No no way to get back into that account. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that even in that, that being breastfed by your mother is already like a thing where it's like, oh, you know, not a proper man. You know, like it's like oh. it all feminizes you. It, it does. It does things to you. It de-adults you, doesn't it? You're meant to just come of age and be sort of like ho- ho- horny and sexual and formed. By what age? Aren't you? Well, not we'll by just four. come of age. The whole book is me being like, I'm think. I think at this point in my life, I was coming of age, but that felt like it's been true for twenty years. You also don't hold back in the book, which I think is extraordinary and brilliant and i think mm. the thing that people will connect with you know because there's lots of very funny stories about you and people like the kens who i want to come on to but uh <laughs> well let's talk about the kens for a minute okay. tell me about the kens <laughs> the kens are these two men that richard and my husband and i know and they're like really fucking muscly mm. like how you would draw a muscly man at the beach. And yes. uh, we went to Greece and they were there. 
and their bodies are like por- pornographic. Like it's <laughs> not eroticized. <laughs> <laughs> and also it's like, this is not, <clears throat> when I'm looking for men, like what catches my eye, mm-hmm. I don't look for like super muscly beach bums, mm-hmm. but you can't, ignore the fact that their bodies are this like chiseled moment happening like this fantasy that's happening in real life right in front of you it's just insane it's insane to look at and it's like i say in the book it's like they're like living erections like their whole body is like (laughs) let's go and you're like okay and they're really gentle nice men like not that erections are not gentle and nice but like they are not Depends what you're aggressive doing. and their bodies. I think we have this, we're, we, you know, for all of our understanding of the constructs of gender, we still have a lot of men built for war, but going to Tesco's. <laughs> like, that's what they're doing. <laughs> it's wow. so crazy. It just seems crazy. Well, that's Love Island. Yeah, but at least they're making some coin out of it. Like, they're not pottering around. They're like... I love Love Island. Sorry. I just find it so stupid. But it's you, so stupid. I the d- tasks, I love the tasks because every task is hump something like it's another person. <laughs> That's all they do. Like crush this watermelon with your ass, And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that I makes find, complete sense. I find Love Island odd. I think it promotes so many toxic things, but gets this weird free pass in pop culture and really people who would never normally support things that are corrosive, like go yeah. on and on about it. And I don't know how like that's me, happened. Yeah. yeah, It's definitely like against some of my core values. And I watch it and I will be like, maybe I do need veneers. Like I, it will, it, it, it does that thing like me when you're too. on Instagram too much and you start to want things. Yes. It does that really quick. Yes. But you were in this very top uh, secret famous WhatsApp group, weren't you on about Love Island? I was in a very tight... <laughs> uh, this is like Fight Club. I don't think I could talk about it. <laughs> oh, come on. The first rule of the top secret Love Island WhatsApp is we don't talk about it. Let me tell um, you, every other person who's in it talks about it. So, <laughs> we, uh, Yeah, I got invited in. I was in France working on my second book first and woke up from a nap and it was like a lot of quite well-known, big, big-ass feminists, not physically big-ass, like major feminists cancelled again saying welcome to the group raven smith who, <laughs> like, so, who who else is in this group i don't feel like i can do names of course i was invited can. raven it's very public knowledge this whatsapp group. okay so i was invited by scarlett curtis yeah so she, and so she is and then she, she is the like owner of the group she actually wrote a few a few things at the top which is like there are people from the from former love islands here don't be a dickhead like a few like Fight clubs. Uh, uh, who else is in there? So Scarlett Curtis is Richard now. Curtis's and Emma Freud's daughter. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're both in the group Got it. as well. We had Jonathan Ross for a bit, but he. Oh, what happens when they leave the group? Did you see him leave? Did he leave the group? He got booted out. No. You can't boot someone out, can you? I didn't even know you could do that. No, he left voluntarily. I feel like I'm really grassing him up. It was at that, it was that very early JK Rowling came out being quite transphobic in the most kind of toxically empathetic women for women way. It was very, very early days and people were like, what is going on? We were talking about it in the group and he just left. So it was about that time. 
And then he did a tweet. He did his tweet that was like, I stand with JK later that day. Oh, my. So I can't tell you that they're connected things. No. But also, like, you don't need to send any kind of tweet. (laughs) I don't understand people getting involved in that crap. I don't understand it. Uh, yeah, but then, uh, honestly, the, Chris, these are the times where people are offering opinions that are unnecessary. I've got a career on it. <laughs> it's compulsive to join in, with, with, and, and, they, and they're designed to make us want to. And have you now left the group? No, I'm still in it, but it's not very active. Do people sometimes be like, hey, everyone, I'm selling my fridge, uh, 49 pounds, <laughs> if you can collect. <laughs> yeah, it's Gumtree. It's now a feminist Gumtree. <laughs> Feminist Gumtree, we need that. People are selling their old Margaret Atwoods. Yeah, that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we discuss the thorny issue who comes up in your book of Anthony Porowski? Porowski, yes. I found it really difficult. It's one of he's one of the first men I wrote about, and I think he occupies a space in um, gay menness, queer eyeness, where he sort of has found this niche, certainly at the time, of, like, new masculinity, which is softer and less, um, more available to us, less mystique, uh, just being enthusiastic and giddy about things. And I think when we when he first appeared on our screens, that was incredibly refreshing. Mm. Uh, and then we got a bit, you know, sick of it. <laughs> we moved on. But that's, you know, that's culture for you. And I think even having having a chapter devoted to him feels old already. But are you sick of him? No, no, I'm not sick of him. I just I'm not buying into. He's not. He's not. I mean, is he evolving as a brand? He's doing the same stuff, right? I think I am. A, I'm a real one for a first series or something. I I will really get into it. And I always find. I mean, you make series, so this isn't probably the wrong crowd, but like. I'm not that bothered about series two. It never, it's never as good as series one. Fleabag. Yes. And do you know what? The worst time I've ever offered that opinion was what? to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I just don't care about the second series. She's like, did you watch mine? And I was like, yes. Was she so, holding 14 Golden Globes, Emmys and that she won? She had, for she had Adele's Grammys as well. In her arms. <laughs> like, she was with the Fox. Adele. <laughs> Adele would have given them to her. She would have just been like, there you go. She, I mean, it just, for me, I love new stuff. And I think mm. sometimes second series just capitalise on something you, you already, they don't really give you anything new. Well, I They're will just, say. They keep you going forward. I know, one, I know. The, the one thing I will say first series often has to like deliver quite a lot and I feel like on the second series the writers actually write the slightly more uh, gentle nuanced personal stuff and that's why I actually like a second series which is why I thought Fleabag was so wonderful the second series so it can be great because inevitably they're going to be turning this book into a tv show aren't they Raven my book I don't fucking I mean do you if think it happened to Dolly Alderton, it'll happen to you. Yeah, but she wrote... Her memoir felt like it moved from A to B. And I just... I'm not... I feel like mine is just me being like, what the fuck was that? Just reorder the chapters. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Make it chronological. I don't know dear. if I, I am a TV minutes. boy. I don't know. Oh, I, you, my God. Do you know what? I loved writing the book. Yeah. But there's something about the way that I operate. And even to do with this whole series thing of like... <laughs> 
I love new stuff. Yes. And actually working on a project for four years, for me is like, I just, I don't know if I can care about anything for that long. It just seems so like, oh, you have to just work on one thing. And I love being like, oh, who wants 500 words on Madonna or, or Britney having a kid, having another baby this week? <laughs> like, that's exciting to me to just do that and move on. So I quite like, I quite like, you know, stepping stone through my life. And I guess... Uh, something as big as a TV series is a road. You can't really... Yeah. I mean, I hear you. I will say that it doesn't feel like four years when you're doing it. It all feels very in the moment. Okay. And then you're like, oh, I've just lost four years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me count the rings. There's four more. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of it. I do love the idea of it. Okay, well, know. consider this me optioning your book. Remember me. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, but have you seen Pen Fifteen? Because this for me is like no, no, no. You've seen Pen Fifteen? No, I haven't. Christopher, <laughs> and I really need it's to watch it. It's the best show I've ever seen. Which people would think anyone listening who is like, what is it? It's, it looks like it says penis when you look at it on the like on the. Yeah, we used to write it on each other's hands at school. Do you want to be in the Pen Fifteen club? Did you? And then we'd write penis on someone's hand. It's Australian, right? <laughs> It's American, but oh. it's basically these two teenage girls, and it's in 2000, 2001, mm. and they play themselves as the teenagers. So they're both like That's us, it. adults, <laughs> and but everyone else is a kid. But it's that is just like, that's not why it's brilliant. It's brilliant because it, like anything that I really love, it's really well observed, and it yes. just makes you feel that there's just like... <laughs> There's just two brilliant episodes. One is with a thong and the mm-hmm. other one is when they f- decide that they're witches. And I've never like rolled on the floor laughing like really? consistently for a whole episode or something. So would, <laughs> so would you play yourself? I don't think you can copy someone else's gimmick. But, that, but, but, but when we were talking about the first book with a few TV companies, people... Mm-hmm. And what I, do you know what, Chris? What I find really hard is someone saying, what do you, where do you see yourself? In the year, what would you like to do? I don't, I, I don't, I've never been a careerist like that. I've never had a, a, a game plan. I've always been really savvy about what I've been offered. Mm-hmm. And I think that's led me 
where I am, right? My editor slid into my DMs and said, do you think you can write a book? And I was like, no, ma'am. And she said, come, <laughs> come, come for a little quick drink with me at the pub. And we went to the pub and it was like a great first date. And she convinced me that I could just write a bit more than I was writing for my column. And and as you can, because it's a wonderful... Well, both books are wonderful, so you've proven it twice. Well, you're reminding me of an old Hollywood saying. The, they, they were talking about old Hollywood actresses. They were like, the definition of a star is someone who can identify material in which they will shine. Mm. And maybe it's just finding the things that you know you'll be good at. And maybe that isn't, you know, a nine-part series about your life based on Pen15. Maybe it's yeah, a five hundred I mean, word article about Madonna. Yeah, I d- yeah, I just wonder what the future holds. Who knows? All of nearly all of my desires are family focused. Like that's where, where yeah. I see myself. Family man. T- tell me more about that if you don't mind talking about it. Obviously, I don't mind at all. I'm currently on day four of a sex ban because I'm going to the clinic tomorrow <laughs> to give oh. them my deposit. <laughs> Wow. Uh, wow, wow, I'm going wow. to a private clinic and the first time I did it I went to the NHS and it's mm-hmm. it's completely different it's great um, they've got curtains in the private one haven't they she was like you don't have to arrive with it in your pocket and I was like right thank you <laughs> whereas the NHS were like you have to you have to bring it at this time keep it warm put it under your armpit in a canister like it was very uh, That's renegade so what happened to the NHS ones where are they it's just two years old and you have to have one within a, a sperm test within a year before they will help you to make embryos. Interesting. Okay. So it's just, it just, it just dated out. So um, would you give it all up and be a dad? I don't think you have to give it all up to be a dad, Chris. <laughs> I think it's like... I, sorry, I only say that I, because you said all oh, my priorities are family. Just when I think of a future, it's never like careerist. It's always like, oh, I'd quite like to have some people to 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 don't know shuffle some of this onto <laughs> put all of this theory into practice of like trying to be a remotely good person yes you and know do, have you ever reflected on the fact that they will then read this book i think that's okay if my mum can read it when they're adults they can read it because louis Theroux read his dad's book right and his dad's like doing like doing some crazy travel Shagging. No, yeah, I d- honestly didn't ask the question as in like, oh my God, they're going to read it. I just thought it's an interesting to think of the generations beyond you rather than one's own self. Yeah, I think the first um, pitch for the book, the last chapter was meant to be talking to my future son, oh. uh, explaining what I had learned um, on my travels through my life. But I haven't learned anything. <laughs> that's, but that's fascinating because actually it was one of the things I wanted to ask you is like, what, who didn't make it in? But what would you, you say you've learned nothing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not having that. What, what do you think you've learned? Because I love the final chapter, the final, I think it is the final chapter where you sort of say, I don't feel a dot of the shame mm-hmm. I initially felt when I realized I was a gay man. And basically saying, if that's the case, then that's a life well lived. And I just thought that yeah. was stunning. I read it back. It was a, like it was going to print. My editor was like, you have to write this today if you want to conclude this book. And I was looking through the pages and I was like, God, I've had such a good time being a gay man. And I just ooh, didn't want to pretend that it's been sad or mm-hmm. and the hard things weren't, the hard things have been hard. A lot of shit has gone down um, on the good ship Raven Smith. But I'm also have no gay shame. And, mm. and I remember 
I remember when my entire personality was structured around the shame I had about being a gay, about realizing I was gay and not having told anyone, being terrified that someone was going to find out from a mannerism or the wrong shoes or not baggy Mm. jeans or being too keen in science class in school, like all of these stupid things. Mm. And honestly, the second I came out, my life was like, like an upward spiral. Immediately, I Mm. was very insular and quiet and the second I realized I was gay I was like let's let's just keep that between me and me and I think Mm. the second I came out it was like oh I'm back I was back to my old self and it was almost it was like overnight it was just a relief to not not um it's not the shame wasn't gone then but it was a relief not to be carrying it the secret of it and I think my mum was great I mean I cannot really I think she had a big freak out but it was not I was not privy to her, whatever she went through. She was just very supportive. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I came out on the phone. I mean, ooh. did you? And yeah. I remember someone saying to me when I came out, this friend from art college said, you stand completely differently since you told people. Yeah. And I think the physical and emotional tax on anything like that you're keeping to yourself, whether it's gay or whatever, like is massive and we must remember that and like you know or like money or anything like problems yeah. that you feel you can't share like it's why i always try and share them as much as possible because it's once you've worked out that beyond that beyond spitting it out nothing mm. actually implodes and, yeah. and, and and weirdly you self-evaluate you self-select the people around you self-select because those who don't help lose interest and those who are wonderful stay and help you know yeah. what I mean but you do get very used to being as a queer person being on your own and not sharing anything with anyone and I, I mean I still do it today I literally did it earlier today but you have to remember and and learn well, I just thought I came out and I still wasn't free of like my internalized homophobia and now I am to a degree, you know? I still was like, I'm going to be like a straight guy who fancies men. That's cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah. It's like that. Now I'm like, oh, I just, I'm very happy being a big old gay. So I'm not, I guess that is the conclusion of the book, right? I'm not, I have no discomfort in my gayness. And that, what, what more privileged place could I be in as a gay man? And also through encounters with these men who are selected, you mm. have through them you have been able to see the kind of man you are and sounds like you're happy with him and why wouldn't you be true <laughs> i don't know what to say yeah i mean this is where we cry yeah none of none of this none of the things that i i don't know what i dislike about myself but none of it is based on my masculinity well it's wonderful to hear nor should it be i just really like myself <laughs> not cuz i think i'm and, but I, I just had just the right amount of therapy when I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm, tr- I am working to be something better all the time, but I'm not in a state of dislike about where I'm at right now. And I think that is what I keep thinking. I think the more times you say to yourself, am I happy? The more you're like, I don't think I am. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's like a, I think you prod it and prod it and prod it. You need a little bit of, denial to keep yourself cushioned and safe like the happiest people live in the biggest bubble right there has to be a bit of like not everything is futile i might leave a mark on this planet that's positive like if you really think about it 
who who does you know so there has to be this feeling of like i'm gonna keep the people close to me i'm gonna just work to look after them i'm gonna try and get as much judgment out of my relationships with them as possible Mm. and just let them fuck up if they need to fuck up and not be like well that's the kind of thing he or she always kind of used to be like oh she's always doing stuff like that (laughs) just being like okay you fucked up what how are you (laughs) tell me about it well, we I love chatting with Raven. It's such a wild combo of like very deep chat and then very funny chat. Let us know what you thought of that. Get in touch at Homo Sapiens on Instagram, at Homo Sapiens Podcasts on Facebook, and hello at Homo Sapiens Podcast.com on email, mon favorite. Send us your comments, send us your questions, send us your agony uncles. All right, you lovely lot. Loads of love from me. Bye now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Powered by Spirit Studios.